a single soul Reaching a further and stepping in closer Hello, it's good to be with you today. I'm John Smizer, coming from Southern California. We have just passed through some of the great sports events of the world. The World Cup and all of its, uh, its uh, celebration and all the great excitement. I don't know if you were able to see any of it, but you can see the crowds chanting and you can see them cheering and waving flags. I, I was talking with a, a friend who had shared that uh, as their family was watching this event, uh, that the mother in the home was very excited and, and was thrilled and was cheering and everything. But her brother, who uh, was very much uh, part of the basketball and American football, just said, I don't get it. Now, now I got to say that sometimes just the excitement of the crowd can inspire people to cheer and chant and, and wave flags and get involved. And, and, and so they don't really understand what's going on, but they're, they're part of the excitement. Um, and, and I wonder sometimes if some ways we get connected to or involved in activities that we really aren't understanding what's at the foundation of the of the uh, event or or the truth of how the rules are played or the game is done and but we still feel all of the excitement and we get involved today we want to look at what is it that people get involved in sometimes that they don't understand the struggles that if they really truly knew what was going on, they may not subscribe to it or follow it. Today, let's see how God's Word instructs us. Acts chapter 19, verses 23 through 41. About that time there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together, along with the workers in related trades, and said, You know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that gods made by human hands are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristocrus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia, and all of them rushed into the theater together. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theater. 
the assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander to the front, and they shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defense before the people. But when they realized he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, "Great is Artemis of the Ephesians!" The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, "Fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image, which fell from heaven?" Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to calm down and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and there are proconsuls; they can press charges. If there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. As it is, we are in danger of being charged with rioting because of what happened today. In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion, since there is no reason for it. After he had said this, he dismissed the assembly. As we look at this passage of scripture, I want to keep in mind a particular principle is borne out in the teachings of Paul over in the book of Ephesians. Recognizing he's at Ephesus and he's teaching and it, he's having an effect on people's life, in the book、uh, of the book of Ephesians, he wrote a little line in chapter six that says, "We war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in heavenly places." So that whenever we are influencing things, Paul has done a great job of influencing people's lives for the best, but there's also going to be a A confrontation, a, a, a challenge, and Paul's confrontation was with the economic system of Demetrius, who was a a, a, a carver of gods, a, a goldsmith, a silversmith, a one who would shape and and sell then the、uh, images that were of Artemis. Now, Artemis was supposed to have come down or. Fallen from the sky, and 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 they were to worship him. Now it's it or her, and it points the idea of his economic life was being threatened because people were repenting or turning from following Artemis. At this point, he wanted to get rid of this、uh, upstart. He wanted to get rid of him and and kick him out of town. So he started a, 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 a chanting, a, 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 a mob action against Paul and the ministry there. Look, look at these places where, verse twenty-nine. Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus and Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. All of them rushed into the theater together. They were pushed before the people. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but his disciple says, "No, no, don't you go." And down in verse thirty-two, it says, "The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there." 
so that the confusion or the distraction that is going against the message of the gospel is such that some people are involved in all of the uh, activity and the chanting and everything, but they weren't even really aware of why they were there. Now, it seems like that Paul's situation was, um, it was, it was not going to be good, that there were going to be challenges there. In another part of Paul's writings in the book of Romans, in chapter 13, he talks about what the authorities are there for, what the, the government is established for. Who established the government? It's God who establishes the government. As we look at this situation where there is this uproar in the theater and, and Paul is warned not to go there, there's a, there's a person who steps forward. In verse 35 here, it says, the city clerk quieted the crowd and said, fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of Artemis and of her image, uh, which fell from heaven? Therefore, since there are, these facts are untenable, you ought to ca calm down and not do anything rash. Well, part of his statement wasn't true, that this God somehow, this image fell from heaven. Well, that, there may have been something that fell from heaven, but it wasn't a God. But his authority as the city clerk who had been placed there by God, he quieted the crowd. Now then he also goes on to establish another portion that whatever charge might be needed to go against these folks is it needs to go to the courts. If there's a, a, a Demetrius, if you have a complaint against Paul, then use the court system. It would seem in some ways that, that God's hand guided what were non-believing, non-believing uh, people to watch over the situation. Rather than mob action getting out of control, stoning or crucifying or killing the followers, the, the companions of Paul, he used even those city governmental officials to do his will in ways to protect, to use the, the viable system of the courts to watch over and see that. These two areas that we war not against flesh and blood, who was really behind this uprising? Satan was, because he saw what was going on. Satan was behind it. The principle that we don't war against just people or flesh and blood, we recognize there's a force behind that. And then the second part is that God can use all sorts of things for his glory. And in Romans chapter 13, it's that he, the, the authorities in government are established and placed there to do the right thing. So in ways we must trust that God's will is going to be accomplished through even those who stand alongside. What is it that you'll face today? What challenges are, will you encounter? You may see a person who seems to be a roadblock. Recognize that it may not be 
their will. It may be someone else, some other force, something else using them. Isaac Watts had a wonderful poem that challenged us when it says uh, that the Christian should ask, are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this vile world a friend to grace, to help me on to God? Since I must fight if I would reign, increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil, endure the pain, supported by the word. Pray with me. Lord God, today we thank you that you have given us the word, your scriptures, to strengthen us, to give us that choice to endure, to follow you because of the examples of men and women who through centuries have followed you and surrendered their lives to you. When Rahab was willing to uh, go against the governments that she faced and protect the spies that came in from the land. Lord, for Paul, as he faces those forces that were wanting him to be still, in our lives, Lord, where is that force that is pushing down or suppressing the truth? Lord, may we find our strength in you. May we seek your will in our lives this day. May we be more than conquerors. In your precious name, Lord. Amen. For a single soul, Lichia Pardo and Stepping in Prosa.